Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Forza Napoli podcast. This is a podcast all about Napoli, of course, but you don't have to be a Napoli fan to enjoy it. If you're a Serie A fan, if you're a football fan, looking for the inside scoop on all things Napoli, this is the place to be. I'm your host, Joe Fischetti. Thank you so, so much for listening. I have two parts for you on today's show, which is brought to you by Betstamp, the world's first buy-sell marketplace for sports betting picks. In part one, I'm going to review our first Primavera match of the season, which was against Lecce on Friday. And in part two, I will preview the senior team's match against Monza on Sunday. So let's begin with the Primavera, who kicked off the Campionato Primavera against a familiar foe in Lecce. For those of you who might have just started following the Primavera, last season we finished level with Lecce on 40 points which was near the bottom of the table. We beat Lecce 1-0 in the first meeting, and they beat us 1-0 in the return leg, so the head-to-head record did not settle anything. However, Lecce had the superior goal differential. They were minus 6, while we were minus 14, so they finished just above us in the table. That meant that we had to play in the relegation playoff, though we still had a chance to avoid the playoff in the final round. All we needed was a point against Hellas Verona, who had nothing left to play for, but we blew an early lead and ultimately lost that match 2-1. Even with a loss, we could have still avoided the playoff if Lecce did not beat Torino. A draw or a loss in that match would have sufficed, but of course Lecce won that match 2-1. Fortunately, we beat Genoa in the playoff to stay up, but that should tell you that Napoli and Lecce are about the same level in terms of quality, which means we'll likely compete with them again to stay up this season. Now, this was a new-look Napoli squad. We lost just about all of our best players during the summer. 
Goalkeeper Huberti Dasek is currently with the senior team. It's possible that he could return to the Primavera. His agent has publicly expressed his discontent with the way that Napoli have handled the Dasek situation, saying they declined offers from top clubs in Poland. He added that when Dasek's contract expires next year, they will not renew with Napoli. Central defender and last season's captain Davide Costanzo has joined Serie C club Alessandria on a season-long loan. Midfielders Colisacco, Antonio Vergara, and Giuseppe D'Agostino made similar moves to Serie C clubs. Sacco and Vergara have been loaned to Pro Vercelli, while D'Agostino has been loaned to Juve Stabia. Finally, striker Giuseppe Ambrosino is currently with the senior team as well, but with the additions of Giovanni Simeone and Giacomo Raspadori, the expectation is that Ambrosino will be loaned out for a season as well, though I think he could be the one player that ends up with a Serie B club. So with that, let's get to the starting lineups. Lecce lined up in a traditional 4-3-3 with Alexandru Borbe in goal. Emin Hasic and Razvan Pascalau started at centre-back. Patrick Dorgu played at left-back and Paul Munoz played at right-back. Daniel Samek started as a regista with Medon Berisha to his left and Kathleen Vulturar to his right. Itu Momo started on the left wing, Henry Saloma started on the right wing, and Rares Burnette played at striker. For Napoli, coach Nicolo Frustalupi, who was confirmed this summer, continued to play in his usual 3-4-2-1 formation. With Didasiak with the senior team, Valerio Bofelli started in goal. New signing Nosa Oberetin took the place of Davide Costanzo in the back three. We signed Oberetin on a free transfer from Milan. He played alongside Daniel Hisai and new club captain Benedetto Barba. Francesco Gioielli took the place of Colisacco in the center of the midfield, playing alongside Gennaro Iaccarino. Davide Acampa played on the left side of the midfield and Matteo Marchisano took over for Giuseppe D'Agostino on the right side of the midfield. Lorenzo Russo was promoted from the U-17 squad to take the place of Antonio Vergara. Russo and Alessandro Spavone played as the two trequartisti. Finally, Antonio Pesce played at striker in the position vacated by Ambrosino. So those were the starting lineups. Next, let's get to the match. Unfortunately, this was a very one-sided affair with Lecce controlling the run of play from start to finish. Lecce got their first chance of the match in the 6th minute after Hisai played a rather inaccurate long ball out of the back. Dorgu won the header at midfield and Saloma immediately broke the other way. He picked out Berisha with a perfect cross from the left wing, but the ball skipped off Berisha's head and rolled harmlessly out for a goal kick. Lecce got their second chance from a corner kick 6 minutes later. Vultrard played an outswinging cross to the first post and Dorgu won the header, but the ball finished just wide of the far post. Lecce continued to apply the pressure through to the midway point of the half. Bofelli made an important intervention in the 19th minute after some lovely passing between Hasic, Vulturar, Samek, and Munoz. Then Lecce got a couple of chances a minute later. First, Momo played a give-and-go with Munoz before crossing the ball to Burnetta in the area. His shot was blocked by Hisai. The ball appeared to hit Hisai on the elbow, but despite the shouts from the Lecce players, the penalty was not given. Meanwhile, Saloma was first to the rebound. He laid it off to Dorgu, but his shot was blocked by Barba. The ball fell again to Burnett, and for a third time in quick succession, Napoli blocked his shot as well. As poor as we were in this match, one thing we did do really well was block shots. Unfortunately, we couldn't hold on forever. Lecce opened the scoring just four minutes before the break. The goal actually started with a Napoli throw-in to Pesce, 
who was bumped off the ball by Saloma to earn a Lecce throw-in. Dorgu played the throw down the line to Samek, who played a vertical pass to Burnette. Burnette played a quick touch to Berisha, and he slipped the ball between Barba and Hisai on the left wing. Hisai got a touch on the ball with his slide tackle, but it wasn't strong enough to stop Saloma from carrying the ball into the area. Saloma cut to his right and fired a low shot between the legs of Oberetin. Bofelli saw the ball late and was beaten at the near post, so Lecce took a 1-0 lead. Lecce then doubled their lead in the third minute of stoppage time. Barba switched the play to Acampa, but again, his touch was poor and he was dispossessed around midfield. Lecce played the ball out wide to Munoz, who ran at Spavona before playing a gorgeous cross into the area. Berisha lunged for the header, leaving Bofelli to helplessly watch as the ball sailed into the top corner. Meanwhile, Napoli only managed a single shot on target in the half, and if I'm not mistaken, it turned out to be our only shot on target in the entire match. We were slightly more threatening in the second half. Comparatively, I thought Marquisano had a strong performance. He created our first real chance of the match five minutes after the restart. Barba played the ball at wide to Marquisano. He dribbled past two or three Lecce players and got a decent shot off, but just missed the goal at the near post. A few minutes later, he did really well to control the long ball from Bofelli. Then he played a dangerous low cross into the area. Pesce also did well to get to the ball first, but it was a difficult first-time hit that finished wide of the far post. Pesce came close again about 10 minutes later, but his shot from distance finished wide again. That shot came after our best sequence of the match. We completed 17 consecutive passes all over the pitch in the build-up to that Pesce shot, so at least we know that this team has that ability in them. Our final chance was a volley from substitute Dylan De Pasquale in the 78th minute, but like all of his colleagues, he was not able to hit the target either. The rest of the chances in the match fell to Lecce. In the 56th minute, Burnetta played a lovely lob to Samek in the area, but he smashed his volley over the bar. At the hour mark, Vulturar was left completely unmarked on a deep, in-swinging corner kick, but his volley finished over the bar as well. Finally, in the 86th minute, Iacarino won a header on Burbe's long ball, but he head the ball backwards straight into the path of Lecce's substitute Francesco Minerva. However, the ball was bouncing, he got under the shot, and it finished over the bar as well. Lecce had a number of half chances as well, but as I said, if there was any positive to take away from this match, it was that our backline blocked a ton of shots. In that vein, another player who caught my attention was substitute Daniel Susco. He's a 1.91 meter tall central defender that we signed from the youth team of Latvian club Riga FC. So this was not a great way to start the campaign. I know it was only the first match, but I have to say I am already a little bit concerned. Lecce is supposed to be a direct rival of ours, and they beat us with relative ease. My hope is that Frustalupi just needs some time to get all these new players on the same page, but he'll need to figure that out pretty quickly. Otherwise, there is a good chance that we're heading back down to Primavera Due at the end of this season. That will do for part one. In part two, we'll preview our match on Sunday against Monza. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to part two of the Fortsanopoly podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Betstamp. With the Betstamp app, you can compare betting lines across multiple different sportsbooks in your region, which is the only way to get an edge in online sports betting. You can also buy and sell picks from verified accounts, and best of all, the app is free, there are no fees, no royalties, and no commissions. Just download the Betstamp app and be sure to use the referral code NAPOLI when you create your account. Alright, let's get to our preview of the match against Monza on Sunday. This will be Monza's first ever away fixture in Serie A, so it's pretty cool that it will be played at the Maradona. Monza's first ever Serie A match was last weekend against Torino. They lost that match 2-1. I thought the match was fairly even in the first half. Juve owned Filippo Ranocchia, had a couple of decent attempts at goal that were stopped by Vanya Milinkovic-Savic. Former Atalanta player Alexei Miranchuk took the wind out of Monza's sails a little bit with a goal late in the first half, so Torino went into the break up a goal to nil. Torino were the better side for the opening quarter of the second half and doubled their lead through an acrobatic Antonio Sanabria goal. Now, Monza's play did improve about midway through the half with the introductions of Patrick Churia and Dani Mota. Had it not been for Milinkovic-Savic, this match might have ended differently. Mota did manage a consolation goal with the final kick of the match, so that was Monza's first ever goal in Serie A. Unfortunately for Monza fans, Mota will not be available for this match, as was confirmed by Giovanni Stroppa in his pre-match conference on Saturday. Monza will also be without central defender Carlos Augusto, who suffered what appeared to be a pretty serious ankle injury in that Torino match. He was replaced by Andrea Carboni, who was one of the 13 new faces that Adriano Galliani brought in this summer, many of whom bring much-needed experience to the club. Along with Carboni, they signed goalkeeper Alessio Cranio from Cagliari, they signed Andrea Ranocchia on a free transfer, and Filippo Ranocchia from Juventus. Stefano Sensi was purchased from Sampdoria, and Monza-born Matteo Pessina was purchased from Atalanta. Gianluca Caprari joined from Hellas Verona, and of course Andrea Petagna transferred from Napoli. Two players joined from the lower division, Samuele Birindelli joined from Pisa, and Alessandro Sorrentino joined from Pescara. Finally, two players joined Monza from abroad. Marlon returned to Serie A from Shakhtar Donetsk, where he followed Roberto De Zerbi from Sassuolo, and Pablo Mari signed from Arsenal. Monza are also heavily linked to Juve's Nicolo Rovella, but other than him, I suspect they will spend the balance of the Mercato trying to offload some of the many redundancies in the squad. Just this week, they loaned Davide Betella to Palermo and Pedro Pereira to Allianzpor in Turkey, which is a little bit sad to see. Both were part of the team that won Monza's first ever promotion to Serie A, so you'd like to see those players rewarded. At the same time, if you don't bring in reinforcements, there is a good chance that you're going to head right back down to Serie B. That's exactly what Galliani and Silvio Berlusconi did. By the way, if you want to learn more about how Galliani and Berlusconi brought Monza from bankruptcy to Serie A, head over to fortsanapolipress.com and check out the piece that Yura wrote for us. I think you will enjoy that read. So with that, let's get to the starting lineups. 
For Napoli, I'm not expecting any changes to Luciano Spalletti's starting 11, even with the additions of Simeone, Ndombele, and Raspadori. None of them have been with the club long enough to get into the starting 11. I'm not even sure they'll be in the squad. I suspect only Simeone and maybe Ndombele will be. For that reason, I think Spalletti will most likely line up in a 4-3-3 once again with Alex Meret back in goal. Kim Minje and Amir Rachmani will play at centre-back. Mario Rui should start at left back as Matthias Oliveira is still training with tape around his left knee, and Giovanni Di Lorenzo will captain the squad at right back. Stanislav Lobotka will play as the Regista with Piotr Zielinski to his left and Andre Frank Zambo and Gisa to his right. Unless we have a decent lead, we may need Lobotka to play the full 90 minutes as we don't really have any alternatives at the moment. Diego Demis suffered a foot injury in training on Thursday and he's expected to be out for several weeks. Fabian Ruiz probably won't play another game for Napoli, but I don't buy these reports that he's being frozen out of the squad. You only freeze a player out of the squad when they are rejecting all offers and you're trying to pressure them into accepting an offer. But all indications are that Fabian has accepted an offer from PSG and that the clubs are still negotiating a swap that would involve Kaylor Navas. Finally, Gianluca Gaetano will be serving the second of his two-game suspension, so we're a little bit light in the midfield. I suppose we could use Eli Felmas in that role, since we pretty much play him anywhere on the pitch. Moving on to the forwards, I think we'll see the same attack that we saw in the Hellas Verona match. Javicha Kvaraschelia will start on the left wing, Chucky Lozano should start again on the right wing, and Victor Osimen will play at striker. For Monza, I'm only expecting Stroppa to make one change to his 3-5-2 formation, which is to start Caraboni over the injured Carlos. I think Michele Di Gregorio played well enough against Torino to earn himself another start, but I wouldn't be surprised if Cranio got the start. He has much more Serie A experience and therefore might be better suited to play against a bigger club in what will be a very noisy Stadio Maradona. All indications are that the Maradona will be at full capacity. I think Marlon and Mari will complete the back three alongside Carboni. In the midfield, I'm expecting the same trio of Filippo Ranocchia, Andrea Barberis, and Mattia Vallotti, but again, I wouldn't be surprised to see someone like Stefano Sensi start over Vallotti as the attacking midfielder. I definitely don't expect any changes on the wings, with Marco D'Alessandro at left wing back and Samuele Birindelli at right wing back, and I also don't expect any changes at striker, especially with the Dani Mota injury, so we should see Andrea Petagna and Gianluca Caprari paired up top. So those are the starting lineups, next let's get to our three keys to the match. My first key to the match is one that I often use for newly promoted clubs, and that is that we should not underestimate our opponent. As I've noted, this may be a newly promoted club, but they've imported a lot of talent with the expectation that they do not go straight back down. In a way, we're fortunate to play Monza so early in the season because I think as the season goes on, this Monza team is only going to get better. When you make that many changes, it naturally will take time for the players to learn the new system and get accustomed to playing with one another. I think Monza could already be better this week than they were last week for a few different reasons. First, last week was a big occasion for them. It was their first ever Serie A match, and they were the home club, so playing in front of the home fans might have added a little bit of extra pressure. There will be absolutely no pressure on them in this match. I also think they'll be better because guys like Petagna and Mari will have had a full week to train with their new coach and their new teammates. Both of them signed for Monza literally days before that Torino match, so they were basically winging it. 
My second key to the match is that we need to stay focused, which is similar to my first key to the match, but one applies to what's happening on the pitch and the other applies to what's happening off of it. There will certainly be some distractions off the pitch. The rumor is that Simeone, Ndombele and Raspadori will all be presented to the fans before the match. I think that is largely why we could see a sold out crowd at the Maradona, which is pretty impressive for a match against a newly promoted club, even if it is the first match of the season. I think these signings have restored the confidence of the fans, who up until last week, I think were still very down about losing Insigne, Ospina, Koulibaly and Mertens. The pundits have rightfully changed their tone as well. The pundits have rightfully changed their tone as well. Most people were picking Napoli to finish outside of the top four prior to this week, and they're basically all considering Napoli a top four lock now. If I'm being honest, I kind of like that everyone was overlooking us before, but even before these new signings, I think people realized from our performance against Hellas Verona that this is still a really strong club, especially with the performance of Cavada. Many pundits are also saying that if Napoli are able to upgrade at the keeper position, say with Kaylor Navas, then we should be competing for the Scudetto once again, and I think that is accurate as well. My final key to the match is that we need to be better defensively than we were in the Hellas Verona match. Now, we weren't exactly bad defensively in that match. We limited Verona to very few chances to score. What we need to improve on is conceding on the few chances that we give up. That will fly against a really poor Hellas Verona squad, but it's not going to fly against better clubs, including those who will be in the middle of the table. Sure, we have enough firepower that even if we do concede, we can still win by outscoring our opponents, but that's not something you want to become dependent on. As we saw last season, Scudetti are won by teams who are solid at the back and who don't concede often. But I'm sure Spalletti is well aware of that and would have focused on that during training this week. For my prediction, I'm going to go with a 3-1 Napoli victory. I'll give a goal to each of our players in the front three, Cavara, Osi, and Chucky. For Monza, I'll give the goal to Petania just because things seem to work out that way all the time. Unfortunately, as much as I defend Meret, I don't think we'll get a clean sheet. Whether it's his fault or not, we always seem to concede when he is in goal. Of course, I will be checking for the best odds in Ontario on Betstamp. I'm liking Napoli at minus 1.5, which I can get for minus 102 on Pinnacle, and I like the total to go over 3 goals, which I can get for minus 110 on Coolbet. So that will do for this preview. I hope you enjoy the match. That will also do for this episode. If you liked what you heard, please share it with a friend and leave us a rating on your favorite podcast platform. As always, if you need to get a hold of me, you can find me on Twitter at Joe underscore Fischetti5, or you can find the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Patreon at Pod. You can also find more great content on our website at ForzaNapoliPress.com. I will be back next week to review this match, but until then, I'm Joe Fischetti, Forza Napoli sempre! Podcast Network. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.